There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a movie deja vu. For instance, number one, you can never take this podcast too seriously. Number two, you can never watch these films under the influence of drugs or alcohol. You won't remember what happens. And number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances go off topic and say, I'll be right back because you won't be back to the original topic. Okay, I'll see you on the other end of the theme song with a knife. Today's episode is Scream versus Scream 4. <laughs> it's Storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this somewhere, from two movie aficionados. My name is Shady, and I'll be your slightly disturbed final girl. And with me, as always, is my movie-loving best friend, John. I tried so hard with those words. I did. I did. I should write stuff down. (laughs) And uh, today we actually have a special guest with us. Uh, He's a New York City based actor. It's Jason Kerr. Hello. I guess I'm the black guy who gets murdered first, right? We didn't say that. You did. Oh, I did. (laughs) You're the one that said it. They're cliches. I have a feeling Jason might actually be the surprise twist killer. Oh. I wouldn't doubt that for a moment. I would absolutely be the killer in the horror movie. Well, or he he would be the the character that was supposed to be the other killer, but Mm. in an earlier draft, but then they mixed that. So, yeah, so the, the red herring, the red herring yeah. in the film. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the rewrite. Yeah. You, you were supposed to be Patrick Dempsey's character in Scream 3. <laughs> I want to be, I want to be a cult, a cult leader, like in Rosemary's Baby. That, that would be me, yeah. Ooh. Well, if we do that, we'll Gordon. have you come back. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely Ruth Gordon in a, in a movie. No. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I actually, I... <laughs> I just, I couldn't make John anyone but the Randy character. <laughs> I'm Randy. Or Ricky in Scream 3, whatever. Or the or Charlie and um, Robbie. Ronnie. Robbie, that yeah. one. Yeah. Hey, Robbie might be gay? You don't might know. be gay? <laughs> he, he says it. He does. He does, but, but the whole movie, he's horny for women. Yeah, that was sure. interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. That's actually a very interesting point. Let's yeah. hit it and never get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is interesting, though, that these movies have so few gay characters, and Kevin Williamson, who created the franchise, is a very openly gay man. That so, I didn't know. So mm-hmm. the real thing. Didn't know he was family. Shady, we already broke rule number three. Maybe we should get back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> We'll cut all that out. Nobody nobody needs to know about Kevin Williamson. (laughs) All right, so let's get right to these movies now. The original Scream came out in 1996. It was written by Kevin Williamson and directed by the late, great Wes Craven. It has a 79% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a Metacritic score of 65 out of 100. That is out of 25 reviews. 16 positive, 7 mix, and 2 negative. So weird. 
That feels like not enough reviews for a 96 yeah. movie. I know. It's not. And according to IMDb, a year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. Sure. That's right. Uh-huh. She thinks it's a new killer. That's the only part that I, I quibble with. Fair. Um, and then in 2011, we get Scream 4, or as I like to call it, Scriff Form, because they, <laughs> they stick the four in the title. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> uh, which was also written by Kevin Williamson, also directed by Wes Craven, and that has a Rotten Tomato score of 60% and a Metacritic score of 52 out of 100. And that is out of... 32 reviews, 12 positive, 17 mixed, and three negative. And the IMDb summary for that is, 10 years have passed and Sydney Prescott, who has put herself back together thanks in part to her writing, is visited by the Ghostface Killer. I think they mean to say 10 years have passed from Scream 3. Yeah. Yeah, because more your time has passed, right? Yes. Yeah. Because she was clearly in high school in Scream. Right. And then she went to college, and then she had a, a, a job in three, and then now she's on a book tour. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's actually 15 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds right, sure. Yeah. Yes. That, if, if I can math real fast, yes, that is 15 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I do know Scream 2 was released less than a year after the first Scream. So that came out in right. 97. Um, and Scream 3 came out in 2001? 2000. Yes. 2000. Okay, never mind. Give or take. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't look it up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't much care for Scream 3. I can't even remember it. Um, That's the one with the, where they are uh, in Hollywood. Yeah. It's been a, I, I don't think I've seen it since 2000. Yeah, uh, um, that one is worth watching for Parker Posey's performance and yes. for <laughs> the Carrie Fisher cameo. And the ugly hair. Like, it's the, 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 tri- the, the original trilogy was the ugly hair for uh, Courtney Cox. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, Scream I do... 4 is like, you know what? We'll actually give her nice hair for right. once. I do like in the first Scream, her hair is very TV reporter, though. It's very. ugly, but very TV reporter. It's so she had, Yeah, she's got the TV reporter, and then the second one, she has those red streaks. You know, mm-hmm. they're red. Yeah. yeah. And then the third one, it's the ugly fringe, the ugly bangs. I don't remember. <laughs> the tiny I, bangs. She's got little baby bangs, and they do not work for her. I know. <laughs> like, did they have a juice or something like that? Yeah, yeah, she looks like Lydia Dietz, kind of. Oh my she god. Does. <laughs> but she's supposed to be this like prim and proper professional, and it's so yeah. bad. Like, it would be one thing if it was like, oh, it's an ugly hairstyle, but she's like playing this sort of weirdo recluse, but that is not her character whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I want to say this right now these movies are already, what, at this point? over 10 years old yeah. yeah we're gonna spoil the shit out of them though if you haven't seen it so don't watch, add us watch you can stop now watch yeah. them and yeah. then join the conversation yeah it'll be great but we're, 
we're gonna spoil everything. <laughs> Deep dive. And hopefully we can stick to just these two movies, but I'm gonna tell yeah. you right now, I may have watched two and three as well. Oh. I did, I watched uh, Scream, Scream 2, and Scream 4 this weekend. I just skipped Scream 3. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna torch you at a later date and be like, we're doing the series. <laughs> uh. I, I'll happily do it as far as slasher movies go. It's not a low floor. Like, Scream 3 is still better than, like, the worst Friday the 13th movie. Fair. Oh, my God. Jason Takes Manhattan. Yes! My God. My but God. it's not as fun as Jason X. It's not Jason as fun X. as Jason X. It's, the opening is so dumb. It's... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... I mean, this I, is... A very easy one to just break it down plot point by plot point and just yeah. point out how similar they are. I don't okay. know. I found a little. I found it a little difficult. Really? Well, because they didn't. They didn't copy everything. Like they didn't copy the murders per se. Some they did. Some they did. Yeah. I'll give there you that. Some, there are some that they didn't exactly copy the murder, but they heavily reference a murder too. Like right. there's right. a murder in a parking garage. And in the first one, there was a murder in a regular garage, like a house garage. Well, there's also a murder in a garage in the yeah. fourth one. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's a direct uh, reference. That one is the copy because yeah. um, people were criticizing about Tatum's death. Mm -hmm. About how it... Over-sexualized? Yes, but like how she wouldn't have been able to be lifted up. Right. By um, a garage door. I mean, Scary Movie really made that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan versus Janet Winnicore, who made yeah. that joke amazing. It was uh, so I, funny. It was, it's, a great, it's a great joke. It was so hard rewatching this movie and not hearing, but I'm a day player. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to fold this in right now, too, though. But the original Death for Tatum was written more similar to what happens in Scream 4, where he uses the garage door to press down on her and trap her there, like pin her there. Oh. And it was when they were on set and they saw the pet flap and that's when they had the idea, oh wait, what if we crush her instead? Um, also very fun because people criticize that for how is she able to get that far into the pet door. Um, Rose McGowan, she actually could fit through the whole thing without even trying. I believe it. It was that tiny. They had to like nail her shirt to the door so that she wouldn't slip out while they were filming it. I mean, if she could get her chest out, yeah. her hips yeah. aren't that much wider. They're not. And like, they try to play it like because she got one arm out, but she didn't get the other arm out, so her shoulder gets caught. But like, even that was not a problem for her in real life. Even no. that, she was like, nope, I got it. <laughs> well, do you um, wanna do you wanna break it down plot wise? Sure. Okay. Well, is there we, even a reason to like? Do you wanna just get into differences or enjoy this? <laughs> I mean, we could just do like a broad sort of. It starts with a pair of high school students are planning a night, a movie night, and mm -hmm. both get horribly murdered. Um, and then people discuss it the next day and we sort of get references to, very vague references to the relationship that those two victims had to the main crop of kids that we're following. Uh, you have also 
in the cold open, um, one character hears another character die on the phone. Oh, that was a very yeah. So I didn't yeah, realize that yeah yeah. You have uh, Casey's mom hears her dying. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and kind of die. Yeah. Um, and then Jenny hears Marnie like, oh, you know, whatever that noise, the noise of her getting attacked, not necessarily die. Yeah. And I was, I'm just so floored by the opening of, of Scream 4. It, it, it was so well. It was so well, it, it's done. well done. Well, so I pulled this for special features, but since we're talking about it right now, uh-huh. um, the, the roles of Chloe and Rachel, the ones that, Anna Paquin and what's her butt? Chris Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell play. Yeah. Were originally written for Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. So yeah. that would have been funny. Um, a lot of this plot-wise stuff that I found, I was I couldn't put it in a real order because yeah. sometimes it happens. Like for example, the trivia game that the killer plays with somebody on the phone. Right. It's, in the beginning in Scream, but it's like towards the end in Scream 4. Yeah, it, it's it, a lot of it feels like they're playing with the same deck of cards, but they shuffled it. Yes. 100%. Yeah. I think that was their, their intent, though. It's, yeah. It, it was very, I mean, I love, the, I, I love the form of, of, of these movies. It's, it's almost like, I love music. John knows this very much. I'm obsessed with musical theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, Aren't and we all though? I really, I, I, I love musical so much. But, but it felt the tone of the screen feel like a musical comedy. It's, mm. it, it, it really does. They have, yeah. even, even down to the stereotypes, you have those, you have, you have all the stereotypes in it. It's, it's, it's great. It's so yeah. enjoyable to watch. I mean, I know I said that we're going to focus on these two, but like even two and three have the same tone where they make fun of they make fun of the horror genre they make yeah. fun of other movies too yeah. mm-hmm. um like in screen two they make fun of sequels and we know we're watching a sequel yeah. right they have that whole class discussion where they're like no sequel is better than the original yeah and it's then this of, one is the is the remake like screen four is the remake yeah where they're they're everything was remade in the 2000s every major horror movie which <laughs> i laughed my ass off to this day even watching this uh for this episode when sydney um attacks jill and she's like you forgot the most important rule don't fuck with the original i'm right. like yes <laughs> there's a lot of remakes that it's like don't fuck with the original yeah yeah Cough, John of the Dead, cough. Oh my god. I mean, I feel like out of all of the remakes, Scream 4 is probably the best. I I, I might have to agree. I think Scream 4 also has this very... It has a leg up because it's not fully a remake. It is also a sequel. It is directly following up on Sidney Prescott's story with Neff Campbell. It's also a parody, too. Right. Like, it... Never. It has the same leg up that the original Scream had on slasher movies in general. Right. No, it's not. It's, it's not like the Evil Dead, where they were like, "Okay, we know we accidentally made a campy movie. Now let's actually make the horror movie." This one was like totally the same. Yeah, it was consistent. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also 
I think this is one of the better versions I've seen of a horror movie that uses the same stereotypes that we see in most slashers yeah. and then mixes up where those people actually end up in the end. You know, mm -hmm. so you have your final girl who's supposed to be Jill. Turns out she's the killer. Yeah. And then you've got, right. you know, uh, the bad boy boyfriend who in the original movie was the main killer and now he's the victim and the fall guy and they kill him off so quickly he barely gets like any characterization which if you noticed character. if you noticed trevor is dressed the same as neil ah uh, yeah they're just very similar and they both are tied up with duct tape in a closet yeah. yeah. So yeah. so he's supposed to be the you're supposed to think of him as the Billy, but he ends up being the Neil of the movie. Mm -hmm. And then Randy thinks he's the or sorry, um Charlie thinks he's the Randy, but it turns out he's the Stu. No one can outact Matthew Willard as Stu. Ooh. <laughs> oh, a brilliant performance that he should be proud of. Bravo. Truly, truly. <laughs> Is that his first film? Uh, it was uh, very, very early in his career to the point yeah. where I did like find um, interviews of him way after the fact where he was asked about this movie and he was like, I genuinely don't know what I was doing. I was just a crazy youth and I just thought I was acting and I'm looking back at it now as a seasoned actor and I'm like, what the fuck was I doing and why did Wes Craven let me get away with it? Because that's the type of character he was. He, yeah. He, he asked him appropriately. He, if he, he was a little more, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Traditional with his approach to the role. It would yeah. be so, he would be forgettable. Yeah. Also like, his, oh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, he went, he went to my, he went to my acting school. So I know, I, I actually kind of understand where that, where that mind comes from. I had a stroke for a moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I did not know that, by the way, prior to asking you to do this. I just oh, knew really? that you liked horror movies, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, this will be fine to talk about horror movies. Let's talk about it. I didn't awesome. know that you went to school, like the same school that Matthew Lillard went to. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's oh, really layers. cool. Layers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, but, but, like, all of his most memorable lines in that entire third act were mm -hmm. improv. I love it. Like, the my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. He just made that up. And then really? Houston, we have a problem too, right? Yeah, he made that up. And then the you hit me with the phone dick is because <laughs> uh, uh, Skeet Ulrich's hand was all slippery from the uh, fake pig's blood or, or fake corn syrup, whatever. <laughs> and it he actually dropped the phone on Matthew Lillard by accident. And so Matthew Lillard just stayed in character and said, you hit me with the phone, dick. <laughs> but I don't even know how I want to like describe his performance in this movie. Movie, but it's so brilliant. great it's it's it's, it's so unrestrained yeah and like he really is that character should on paper be the least memorable character because he's just sort of the killer who went the along with the kid. main yeah. killer yeah um but he makes it so fun also intertwining him with the geek is very interesting as well yeah i think that makes him also makes him very memorable yeah that's true yeah i mean also the fact that they had in each movie, there is a geek with this cool group, I guess. I don't know what, what yeah. I mean, obviously we don't see the school dynamic. We only just see these group of students. Right. Yes. We understand uh, that among them, these stereotypes. Right. You have like the pseudo jock, you have the hot girl, the 
the um, she's all that hot girl. Um, <laughs> I guess you need the geek because thank you, Breakfast Club. Yep. Right. Um, but yeah, it was. It's very interesting that it, that the geek is on the same level as them. Yeah. You know, they don't look down in both movies. Right. They don't look down upon them. There's also an interesting dynamic with my personal favorite character from the entire franchise is introduced in Scream 4, Kirby. Oh. Hayden Panettiere's character. She's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love her, but I love that they have her as, she's sort of the Tatum, but also she has all of this uh, intense knowledge about horror movies that rivals the quote-unquote nerds. Yeah. She rolls with the nerds. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She, she sort of has a foot firmly in each each uh, in stereotype. Each <laughs> Never thought about that. Yeah. So they leave her ending ambiguous. Yes. Are we calling her alive or dead? Hayden? Yeah. I think she's dead. I mean, it would be... Realistically, it would be very improbable for her to have been alive because she would have bled out before the cops or the ambulance could get there. But it's also a movie. Remember Dewey in the first movie? And it is a movie, so anything can happen. But I would love for her to be alive. I don't think she is. I think their intent was to kill off the entire new cast. Well, she's not slated in the new film, not from what I saw. Well, Mm. the... There was, okay, you know what? I'm just going to get into it. (laughs) I'm going to nerd out now. There was supposed to be another trilogy starting with Scream 4. And she was supposed to come back for that, for that Scream 5. But after um, the passing of Wes Craven, which, by the way, this is his last film. Scream 4 is his last film he's ever done. Uh, So with the passing of Wes Craven and then with the TV show starting, they scrapped the project, so. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes, hmm. but you know, Kevin Williamson is back uh, for Scream 5. Yes. And I saw that cast list, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Good movie. <laughs> I hope it is. I, I, like, I don't I, care. I, know, so, I don't care at this point. <laughs> I think so much of it is good about this original franchise because of specifically Wes Craven's involvement. Involvement, mm. Like he, such a, I think a really wonderful person to read about um, and hear about. Everybody loves working with him. He was noted for fostering a very like strong sense of trust between himself and his actors. Um, and he was so in tune with what was happening societally so that he knew how to make people scared, but without ever actually making people just angry and pulling them out of the movie. Like he knew how to tow around what was very sensitive. And he had such amazing instincts as a horror director. And I just, I don't know. I don't know that I really trust anyone else to take over this franchise in the same way. But you know, we'll see. I'll 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 be optimistic about it. Who's slated to direct? Do we know? I mean, it's been oh, done. Oh, it's right? um it's, it's two guys. Anyway, apparently, it's the two guys who did Ready or Not. Yeah. Um, oh. I I I mean, from just from Ready or Not, I I kind of trust them. I mean, I loved Ready or Not. I just don't know if 
I mean, and I'll give it a shot. I'm not saying they can't do it. I just don't know that I would trust it the same way I would if it was Wes Craven directing it. Yeah, if only they would bring back Kirby for that screen five. <laughs> At least bring her back for the cold o- like, and kill her in the cold open, like yeah. you know what they did with Cotton in the oh, screen three. Uh, speaking of the cold opens, I have a so obviously uh, Drew Barrymore was like the big draw, yeah, for like the big name of that movie at the time. Yeah, would you say that the four girl, four women that were in the stab movies mm-hmm. were like the bigger names of that cold open? I would say definitely so, Kristen Bell and Anna Paquin. I don't yeah. know about Lucy Hale or Shanae Grimes. Like yeah, I, I, I don't know that either of them, even at the time, because Shanae Grimes was on 90210 and Lucy Hale was on Pretty Little Liars. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if either of them were more famous than Hayden Panettiere at the time. Okay. But like Anna Paquin and Kristen Bell, would you would say were on the same level, maybe a little bit above Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, I mean, Anna Paquin was an Oscar winner before that. (laughs) She's an Oscar winner and she gets murdered. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, another similarity between these two movies, hooray. (laughs) (laughs) But also I think, because that was when True Blood was on and I think that was just a more talked about show than the shows that the other girls were on. When and Veronica Drew Mars was already on. Yeah. Did Drew Barrymore, does Drew Barrymore have an Oscar? No, no I don't no. think okay. so. I, I, I didn't think so, I didn't think so. No, yeah. but like she's, she was a child actor. This, yeah, I, I both, feel yeah. like- And I got her, her Oscars as a child. Yeah. So that is, yeah, that is a very interesting similarity. But like, I feel like Scream was her coming back. Yeah, that was her big comeback role because that was right after she, she had a very public. tragic, very public, uh, tragic personal life as a teenager and a young adult. And this was sort of what reset her entire career. But like, it was also, she's the biggest face on the original poster for this yeah, movie. Yeah. And she's in it yeah. for, for 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Which... I have fun stuff to talk about that later. Oh. Uh, well, but she's good with camp. Like, I love her on Santa Clarita Diet. So <gasps> oh my God, with Timothy Oliphant, who's one of the killers in Scream 2. Oh my Spoiler God. Alert. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have the, uh, as a difference, mm-hmm. I have that um, kids these days won't understand the big deal that of Billy having a cell phone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, the drug dealer. Yeah, <laughs> but like in <laughs> in Scream Four, um, the killers use technology to their advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, obvious. I mean, same can be said about Scream, where they have uh, the cloned cell phone. They have the voice. Device, yeah. Um, but like you have in Scream Four, you have them uploading videos of the kills. Um, you also have Robbie uh, live streaming before live stream was the word. <laughs> they're also in the way that they use technology and relate to it. They're also very dated in the years that they were made. 
because I get they well they have the Facebook killer and the fake out open and then they're like well I guess these days it would be Twitter um, and well no yeah. in 2020 it would probably be TikTok. Um, oh. <laughs> which <laughs> could you imagine a TikTok killer for a second? That'd I mean, be hilarious. I'd subscribe. Does that make me a bad person? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it does. It does. Mm-hmm. That's that's called snuff films. Um. <laughs> oh, back to Wes Craven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like you said, with the cell phone in the first screen, but also nobody has caller ID, which is a thing that they make fun of in Scream 2. Now suddenly everybody has caller ID, but everybody's just picking up phones all willy-nilly in the first scream. <laughs> and, I mean, in all of them, they're picking up phones yeah, willy-nilly. Who picks up phones anymore? Come on, guys. Uh, uh, <laughs> Nev Campbell picks up a phone after Olivia's brutally murdered <laughs> yeah. in Scream 4. She picks up Olivia's phone, and I'm like, girl, that's fingerprints. Like, your fingerprints are all over that room now. I thought that too. I thought that too. We, can we talk about the rules? I, yeah. That's one of the rules that I found. Because um, the Scream 4, one of the, well, I found this on, like, the Scream, the, 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 the Scream fandom website. Oh. Uh, they list the rules that listed in Scream 4. And they say one of them is technology is integral, integral to the plot. Mm. I, yes. I yeah. It. I find that that's the same, that, that, that rule is clear in Scream 1 as well, but it's just not a rule. Right. Because they weren't expecting them to have a cell phone to be able to, Right. It, yeah, Taunt they pray. Yeah, they, yeah. They were referencing rules that were set in the original Halloween in 1970s and the Friday the 13th franchise of the 1980s when yeah. Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees never picked up a phone. Never. Isn't but I, I but, but like Michael Myers can drive a mean car. He could. He'd love to he drive could. a car. With no with no peripheral vision. No peripheral. <laughs> he has no license. He never gets pulled over. <laughs> At privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to make another bold statement uh, about Scream that it redefined the horror subgenre. Yeah. The slasher subgenre, I should say. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, now, you, be- you can't make a horror movie without referencing other horror movies anymore. Well, because of that, I feel like even with the rules, mm-hmm. they poked at it and made fun of it and then also did it. But then from that movie to this day, those rules don't exist anymore. Correct. The rules are now, there are no, there, the rules are, there are no rules. I mean, I think you still get very typical final girl characterization in a lot of horror movies. And even like the ones that Kevin Williamson wrote around the same time he wrote Scream, you know, like I know what you did last summer. It's very clear which one of them is going to survive to the end of that movie. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I think I think also because people know the rules in general, they're finding clever ways to do them. Like I just watched um, oh, the cheerleader film on, on Amazon. It was called Die Cheerleader Die. No, that's not that's not the name of it. But... Yeah, all, all, all cheerleaders all must die. die. Yeah, <laughs> and and when the first when the first murder happens. I'm realizing that there's no name being being turned when 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 she dies and then the the credits come we hear oh my god Alyssa or whatever her name was like they find they they find like that moment to name her 
Which I think is like, I think it's like a clever way of like of like following the rules. They name yeah. her Shady. Yeah. They name her. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a rule I like to bring up to Shady all the time, and yeah. she's like, "It's shut up." <laughs> it's, a fun, it's a fun thing to listen to, like in horror films. Like that, that's what I was looking for in the the the, the top of screen four. Like, how do they find ways to get their names in? Yeah. Which, do they, because they name the two girls in the first fake out, they don't name Anna Paquin and Kristen Bell's character until the credits, right? Right, right, they didn't have to. Um, It could have been just them hanging out. The third third fake out, well, the real one, the real murder, they did name them. Yeah, well, Carney the, or Marnie the Carney. (laughs) 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 So so we know she probably wasn't very popular. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what a disrespectful thing to say about a dead person. Well, uh, I want to also say that uh, a major difference between these two films is the reasoning behind one of the killers, um, like what well, their motive. Okay. I want to uh, say they're different, but they're also complementary. Where Billy is murdering for revenge on Sydney. Correct. Mm. And Jill is murdering to become famous. Yes. And she even says it clearly. She's yeah. like, right. I, I don't like, need, yes. I don't want you dead. I need fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't need friends. I need fans. Yeah. Um, but they also are both related to a female family member. Like their original motive for revenge or for wanting fame is because Oh, Billy, Sydney this and Sydney that and Sydney, right. Sydney, Sydney. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then Billy wants revenge for his mother because uh, Maureen Prescott, Sydney's mother, and Billy's father had an affair, and that's why he originally killed Maureen Prescott. Or so we think until Scream Three. I don't really. Scream that was three. Great, that, that was um, uh, the girl from the woman from uh, George Roseanne, right? Oh yeah, and Scream Two. That's his Scream Two. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's his. That's his mom. Yeah. But in Scream 3, it's uh, Sydney's half-brother, Maureen Prescott, her mom, had an affair at a... No, no, no. Party. She was not... She did not have an affair. She was gang-raped. She was gang-raped at a party. We yeah. watched this film. I, I didn't... Uh, even <laughs> it's so... It's so bad, and you know that there's another killer, but they don't... They don't announce it, because... There's no way that there's there's one killer in this in that movie. No, their their intent with the movie was originally that there were two killers, and then they decided not to make one of them a killer, and then they just have one killer. Um, but it's there's no way that it can possibly have been done by one person. Right. I mean, like, there's no way that it can be done by two people. <laughs> Let's be real here. <laughs> so I that- mean, there's no way a lot of the kills in Scream Four could have been done by Emma Roberts. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, like, um, well, didn't Macaulay call his brother help? Yeah, he's not that big either, though. He's not yeah. like, <laughs> like a lot of the a lot of the kills, Shady. I'm thinking of our conversation when we talked about Friday the Thirteenth with the arrow mm-hmm. through the with the arrow through Kevin Bacon's neck through the bed through the bed frame and all that. Yeah. Like dark, to, dark arrow. But like to stab somebody in the forehead, I feel like you need a lot of force with that yep and the way that they did it didn't feel that way yeah we talked about that death too that's a very interesting death 
Uh, I found that interesting, the fact that the, the, the black cop dies second. Do you think they're trying to break a rule there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably. It, it feels so. Yeah. Feels so. Oh, also, well, I'll bring it up in the, in the, in the later segment. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, oh, okay. I think... Go ahead. I got a, I got a question for you guys. All right. Because yeah. I have I have all four of these on DVD. I know I'm very rich. I'm very famous. Very rich. Um, very, famous. very important. It looked like in the first one they used a fisheye lens a lot. Did that hold true, or is that because they were expanding it for the DVD? I didn't feel that when I watched. I I got mine off iTunes, and then the other one I watched was on a Hulu. So I didn't feel there was a fishy fisheye lens. Fish islands yeah shady are you thinking yeah no i also have it on dvd and i agree with you but it was on dvd so so i didn't <laughs> like I, I didn't know i don't have a different um it, it's uh jason rewatch it and listener rewatch it on your device and get back to us at it because it gives this surreal look to a lot of the murders mm-hmm. and i was I, I was watching and i'm like is this the dvd or is this the actual movie yeah. Part of me wished I could go back in time to when I used to rent this from Blockbuster on VHS. Those were the days. Those were the yeah. days. I, I, mean, I, miss a, I miss a Blockbuster video. I really yeah. do. Do you remember how it smelled? Sometimes I just yeah. think about how Blockbuster smelled. It's what I remember the most. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a distinct plastic mixed yeah. with microwavable popcorn smell. Oh, yeah. And despair. I, <laughs> That, that's the most prevalent smell. I worked at one for one summer. <gasps> You're one so lucky. Summer. They would never hire me. Really? Uh, I, I, I do want to kind of get back to talking about how they play with character types in Scream 4, where there are so many characters that, well, first of all, you have the addition of Sydney and Dewey and Gail, who are playing evolved versions of what they were in the first movie, but then you have characters who are based off of what they were in the first movie. So you have Jill for Sydney, who obviously that screws it up because she's the killer. You have uh, Rebecca for Gail, who ends up dying very early on, but is very much the same character, uh, down to she idolized Gail when she was younger. You um, and Judy Yeah, for Judy for Dewey, Dewey who... I guess does sort of just end up in the same place Dewey did, but she's a lady, so it's different. Well, she's, a, she's kind of the red herring of the film. She is, yeah. yeah. Well, she takes on a slightly different role. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Her, her, obsession, her obsession, they play with her obsession so that, you know, maybe this is the, the, the copycat killer. Ah, yeah. She knows, and she knows everything, she, like she remembers everything. You know what? I saw the cast list. She is coming back for Scream Ooh. 5. Yeah. Oh, good. I love Marley Shelton. And give her more work. Give her more work. She deserves to be way more famous than she is. Um, love that. Yeah. But uh, so I love that they reinterpreted those characters. Well, you called uh, Kirby the Tatum. I, feel I would like... say Kirby and Olivia have different traits yeah. of Tatum. Like they split her into two characters. Yes. Um, and then. Uh, Kate, the aunt, plays more uh, like Neil, the dad, in a way. She does. She's a weird character. She's so weird. She's, she's such a weird character. That's another one, too, that I'm just like, that takes a lot of strength to open up a mailbox and shove a knife through somebody's skull. 
Yeah, Again, and that one had to be Jill. That one could not have been Charlie. No. <laughs> Which also, you know, Jill already obviously a crazy sociopath, but just killed her own mother because, <laughs> oh, Sydney has a dead mom too, so. I must be the same. Um, um, I also I, have that they have the same runtime. I didn't know that. Nice, yeah. One in four? One in four have the same exact runtime. That's crazy. I mean, I'm taking, I found it on IMDb. I was going to put it as my special features, but I was like, you know what? Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's very interesting. But yeah. also, speaking of the runtime, there, I mean, four, if you count Kirby and the, the cold open movie deaths, mm-hmm. four has double the amount of, uh, the, for the body count. But both movies, it didn't feel like there was too much time in between the kills. No, that's actually something else I was going to bring up during special features. But in the original shooting script, uh, the principal was not supposed to die in the original screen. And they added in his death because they realized as they were shooting the film, oh shit, we go for like you know, 40 minutes or something without an actual murder happening. So, Henry Winkler, come back. We're going to kill you. That's interesting because <laughs> in, I noticed in 4, I don't know if you guys know this, mm-hmm. this is a special feature thing, but I'm going to say it now. Uh, there is a bust of Henry Winkler in the hallway. Do you I read that, yeah. that? I found that so interesting. It, it, it definitely was like a bust of like in commemoration of our, of our murdered principal. <laughs> Would you build a bust for that, though? Wouldn't you just put up a plaque? (laughs) (laughs) So with the death of Henry Winkler and then the two cops and uh, uh, the aunt, it's great that these movies are for teens, young adults, whatever, Mm -hmm. but there's, like, no holds barred. Right. Anyone's fair game. Right. I feel like, uh, too, with the at least the cops and Rebecca, they're around the same age as the people who watched the original Scream would have been when Scream 4 came out. So it was like you have the teenagers for the new audience and you have those characters for the older audience. In addition to, obviously, Sydney. Um, I think it was a really clever way to serve both of your audiences that way. Yes. In the alternate ending, uh, wasn't no Sydney wasn't supposed to die. She was supposed to have amnesia, right? Is or there's cliffhanger? Am I losing? Am I am I just crazy? In Scream Four. In Scream Four, there was an alternate ending, correct? I tried not to read the alternate ending because if oh. John, if John looked it up, I, I wanted... did not see that. Oh, ah. she, there, there was supposed to be a cliffhanger where where Sydney has amnesia. <gasps> uh, so I think that they were definitely like trying to make a new class and maybe like left that open before they decided to change their mind. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because they talk about it, but like, oh, I don't know if Sydney, like when, she's, when they're talking to um, uh, the killer. Jill. Yeah. They're like, oh, she, she, she may not remember, like her, she hit her head real bad or something like that. Like, so they kind of allude to it. Hmm. Mm, so like, none of the movie happened you're saying no or no, that... no 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 i think i think that she's supposed to just like not have remembered that jill tried to kill her and uh... like, as like a as like a setup for the next film 
That would have been interesting, but it like they had to kill. They so had wait, to kill Jill. But like, would Jill have gotten away with the murders? Yes. Like they they I never think, would have found out that she was the killer. I found this out like like in the, in the hour before we started to film start record <gasps> this, so I didn't get a chance to look at the to go and look at the alternate ending. So this is very new information for me as well as you. So I mean, I can look up now. <laughs> <laughs> But but that, yes. that's the gist of what I was getting from like the ultimate ending. I could be Ooh. completely wrong, and we're gonna get a lot of emails about my poor. Uh, <laughs> re- no one thing. emails us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. No one emails us. We may get our first email be like, Jason said the wrong thing. It's really this. <laughs> from what I read quickly. That was mm. what I understood to be the alternate. That's ending. fascinating. But then, uh, like, also earlier in the movie, though, she says that they always mess up somehow. Like, you won't get away with this. Oh, killers always yeah, mess they always, up. They always, they always slip up. That's the word. That's the phrase she uses. So, like, Jill slipped up by saying that they have the matching wounds. Yeah. And then, obviously, if she just let sleeping dogs lie. But that could have been one of the new rewritten rules for the reboot. Because they, they're trying to rewrite some of the rules and everything, and one of the rules that they rewrite could have been the killer slipping up. Maybe instead the killer gets away with it. Interesting. Ooh, that's probably where they're going. That's probably mm. where they're going. Mm. Who knows? We could speculate about Scream 5 and <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't think Emma Roberts is going to be in Scream 5. So. No, she's dead. They made, they made a point. They right. made a point. It was really fascinating, the last shot of the movie, where... She gets what she wants, but she's dead. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Gift of the Magi in a way. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's a Pyrrhic victory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. We did talk. We talked about that, right? Yeah. I feel like we did. Yes. I remember looking up that, na- that word. <laughs> wait, wait, just, explain, explain it to me so I have a clear understanding. I, I think I understand what it means, but... but, but so, so, so a, a Pyrrhic victory is you get what your goal was, but something you have lost something in the efforts of achieving that goal so you can no longer in- enjoy it. Oh, that's really hard. Yeah. I actually not, I'm not completely um, ver- well versed on this. this yeah, no, it, it's so basically, I, I if it's Pyrrhic, it's that you achieve the thing you wanted, but you have lost the ability to enjoy having won it. Love it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Cool. Yeah, we, we got It comes from old mytho- ancient mythology. Whatever. Guys, we broke rule three again. <laughs> we did. <laughs> but I feel, like, I feel like we're good. Well, okay, so I said that it, that Scream re- redefined the slasher j- subgenre. Did Scream mm-hmm. 4 do anything to really. horror or slasher? I, I want to say that they really wanted to, and then it just wasn't as big of a success that the original Scream was, so it didn't cause a trend or anything. But it, it did, in a way, bring us the Scream TV series, and I really like the third season of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'd I make it past the first. You don't the, need to watch the yeah. first two. The the third, yeah. the final season is totally unrelated and it's way closer to the movies because they actually use the ghost face mask. Tony Todd is involved, so that's fun. I will Palmer. Because I, I definitely uh, stopped watching because it was because the first season was terrible. Yeah, no. Yes, uh, the first season is god-awful. Even terrible. the second season's god-awful because yeah. okay. they try to do like a... Wait, wait no, that was... A, they did a special episode where... It was like, I, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. I was like, all right, guys, like, that's not. 
Yeah. But the third season is really fun. I think it's a shorter season too. So I think that's why part of why it works. But also they really play, again, they play around with the stereotypes that each character ends up fulfilling because the main character is a jock. So he's a guy, he's the final girl, but he's a guy. And he's like a football star, which typically that type of character dies very early in a slasher movie. Correct. And it's, and they play a lot. They have a more people of color. Yeah. And um, they, they actually have an openly gay uh, person. Actor Uh, or or a character? Don't know about the actor. The character definitely is openly gay. Um, and the re- they make more references to horror movies in that third season than they do in the first two seasons. Okay. Yeah. So also, it's not like Scream So White. Yeah. It's also, it has Kiki Palmer, and I love her. I love Kiki Palmer. She can, she can do so much. She does well on screen. She does well on talk shows. She does great on Broadway. Like, she's great. I mean, she's just like a bona fide natural star. Yeah, she really yeah. is. Like, she's she's just, she has so much charisma. Yeah. Um, but that's going off topic again because she's not in either of these <laughs> she's movies. She's in the she's in the family. She's yeah. in the Scream family. Yeah. She's yeah. in yeah, yeah. the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by the way, Kiki Palmer, if you're listening to this, we love you. We love you so much. <laughs> Michael Broadway, we love you. <laughs> All right, guys, at the risk of being too punny for a slasher-themed episode, I think we've talked these movies to death. I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, let's move along to special features. Special features. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with our podcast, each week we, John and I each take a movie uh, that we've discussed and we do further research on it. We try to find fun trivia facts and we try to surprise each other with what we've learned and hopefully... Dinner. Doesn't always work. <laughs> it does not always work. Um, but we, we do our best and uh, we also hope to surprise you as well. This week, because we have our special guest, Jason, uh, we- we're... We're sort of uh, re, re uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Restructuring. <laughs> re, ah, we're, we're breaking the rules. Hey. We're breaking our own rules. <laughs> um, I'm going to do trivia that pertains specifically to the original 1996 film. John's going to take trivia that pertains specifically to Scream 4. And Jason is going to provide us with more information to sort of fill out the whole franchise. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Um, since obviously the original film came out first, I'll go first. All right, so Kevin Williamson was a struggling writer in Hollywood, an aspiring writer, really. He was having trouble selling anything. He had screenplays for I Know What You Did Last Summer and Teaching Mrs. Tingle. And I think he had a treatment for Dawson's Creek and he just couldn't get anyone interested in it. Mm -hmm. And then one day, sort of on a whim, he wrote this screenplay titled Scary Movie, uh, which was sort of to both take the piss out of, but also honor the movie genre he loved most, which was slasher films. And it was kind of a big deal, this, uh, this, this script. And specifically, 
the reason why it got picked up was because Drew Barrymore came across it and she instantly loved it and instantly wanted to be involved. Um, so having a big star that wanted to be attached to it suddenly got all of these producers and directors interested in doing the film themselves. Um, originally, Drew Barrymore was cast as Sidney Prescott. I read basically two versions of this that I'm just sort of going to play with both. Uh, the one that seems maybe a little more likely and a little less surprising is that she had too many other commitments and could not play Sydney Prescott, so they gave her the smaller part of Casey Becker instead. But the other version I've heard that seems backed up by a lot of interviews with Drew herself is that they wanted her as Sydney, and she wanted to play Casey because the thing that hooked her into the screenplay was she thought the opening scene was one of the most genius things she'd ever read. So she specifically Wrong. wanted. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah uh, so no. she. <laughs> that's that's the one I've heard. So it was kind of her idea that the big star is the one who dies, in the first reel. Wes Craven was approached to direct this movie several times and turned it down several times until it's Drew. Sweet. Yeah, until Drew Barrymore uh, said that she was interested specifically playing Casey. Wow. Um, because he thought that was a genius idea. He loved the idea of having this big star who you could market the movie around and pretend like she's going to be the main character and then kill her off, similar to Janet Lee and Psycho. So that really sold Wes Craven on the idea. When you're doing oh, the... so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, filling out the rest of the cast, there were a lot of different possibilities this movie could have taken. Uh, Courtney Cox really wanted to be involved, specifically playing Gail, because... She was seen at that point as only being like a nice good girl because of her role as Monica on Friends. And mm -hmm. they were <laughs> hesitant to cast her because they didn't believe she could play a bitch like Gail Weathers is in the first movie. Boy, um, wrong. Whew, that's like <laughs> the bitchy type is her type now <laughs> because well, of now Gail that, Weathers. That, that, that's a question I have. Did they? Give her the ugly wigs in all three of in all of them just to be like she's not Monica. This I, is Gail Weathers. I don't know. I have many questions about her hair. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, David Arquette was actually approached to play Billy at first, and Dewey was written to be a much more confident, typical like former jock hero cop basically huh. <laughs> which was part of why he was supposed to die because it was supposed to be surprising that a character like that would die um and then he said that he was more interested in playing an adult character because he was an adult at the time and felt like he was too old to be 18 year old billy loomis um so they rewrote the character to fit him more and that's why dewey is such like a lovable goofy Goof. <laughs> oh, as they well portrayed him in Scary Movie. <laughs> <laughs> but also oh. Kaiser Sose? Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> they originally wanted Brecken Meyer to play Randy. Shut up. Uh huh. Brecken Meyer, who's been featured on this podcast. Uh, multiple times now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that would also have been interesting because the year before, Nev Campbell was in The Craft, 
Skeet Ulrich was in the craft. Brecken Meyer was in the craft. So they could have had three actors from that movie. He was in the craft. Wow. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Jamie Kennedy at the time was very unknown. And that's who Wes Craven wanted. And he battled with uh, the Weinsteins quite a bit. Um, we have not addressed the elephant in the room yet that this movie was produced by the Weinsteins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, which yeah. does also cast a much more interesting light on specifically Scream 3. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but moving along. So as I alluded to before, this screenplay was originally titled Scary Movie. And it was very horrible man who had one good idea ever. And that good idea was to rename the movie Scream. Harvey Weinstein really wanted to name it um, Scream. And Wes Craven actually hated that title for a really long time. I think part of what influenced him to ultimately change the title was because the mask that they used is based on Edward Monk's painting, The Scream. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, but also, after a while, he just really warmed to the idea of that title. And it that, just worked really well. That mask is found in every five and dime. Every that mask is found in every five and dime. <laughs> they almost had to like redesign the mask because that is a pre-existing costume um, that they oh. could not... For a long time, they struggled to find out who even had the original copyright to it. And they wanted to use it so bad that they were like, maybe we could just like make tweaks to it and that way no one can sue us. Yeah. Um, Michael so, Myers. Michael Myers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like partway into the production that they finally secured the rights and were able to use the mask. And mm -hmm. hooray for everyone because it's now the best selling Halloween costume pretty I much every year. Yeah. It, yeah. It's joined the both. Nev Campbell and this costume have joined the pantheon of horror movie right. classics. And they wanted to use it because it was so cheesy and cheap looking. Yes. I had a mask. I had one of the masks. Yeah. You had a scream mask? I had a, I had a scream mask, yes. I think it glowed in the dark, too. Ah, oh, yeah. oh, you yeah. got a fancy one. I, didn't, I, I always wanted the one that had the blood on the inside. Oh my god, I love those. Right? I love those. Mm -hmm. Has nothing to do with the movies, but it looks oh, fucking movie. amazing. Yeah, it looked great. <laughs> um, oh goodness. Sorry, <laughs> all over my floor. That's okay. <laughs> but you can like find like artist renderings of like masks that they had sketched up that they wanted to design for the movie. And Wes Craven just kept turning them down because they were maybe scarier than the ghost face mask, but it just wasn't what he was looking for. He wanted something that looked cheap and lazy because he wanted that to be the character of the ghost face killers. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, could, I could tell so many stories about the production of this movie. Um, I guess I'll stick to two final big ones. The entire third act that takes place at the house party clocks in at about 42 minutes of the film. It took 21 days to film all of that. Oh. And because, yeah, and because it's technically, it's technically all one scene. It is in the production, like, like the shooting script as scene 118. And that was most of the deaths of the movie 
most of the big action scenes. It took them so long and the production crew actually had shirts made up after they finished filming it that said, I survived scene 118. <laughs> it was so, it was such an undertaking for them. Um, <laughs> and then just because it's worth noting how much of a huge hit this was when it wasn't supposed to be, the production budget, depending on what source you look at, is between 14, or was between 14 and 15 million dollars. It was released at Christmas time on December 20th because they didn't think it would do well against other horror movies in the Halloween season, and they figured it would do well at a time when teenagers, the target audience, didn't have a whole lot else to watch. Um, I think it was only the number four movie in its first week. And then word of mouth for it was so high that it reached number one several weeks later and then ended up staying in theaters for 23 weeks, which is about six months. Shit. This was a huge it's, sleeper hit. Yeah. Um, and its ultimate box office clocks in at $173 million. Wow. God, I'd love to see a documentary on like the making of this movie. Of oh, yeah. I would. There probably will be. Let's make, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Hello, Hollywood. Hello, Hollywood. <laughs> we have a for you. Money? <laughs> I don't have any. I don't, I don't have any money. I just, I just, I just shoestrigged all the shit together. You get, exactly. you get me the rights to it. Yeah. The boy, you're going to love this. <laughs> let's like, just go to like Shutter and just be like, hey, do you want to bankroll our documentary? Ooh, they'll buy anything. They'll buy Clearly. anything. Have you scrolled through their stuff? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, I'm going to hand it over to you now. Because, again, okay. I could talk for two hours about this movie. I'm just going to... I could talk about this. This, for the longest time, and even to date, this franchise is my favorite of any movies. Mm. Like, I, I remember my sister showing me scream and i got hooked yeah wait were you also like uh eight years old <laughs> i was probably around 10 when i first watched it okay that's, that's, that's but, a good time to start watching horror films i was watching horror films around that time fun yeah. fact about my life my parents limited me per blockbuster run how many horror movies i could have <laughs> Aww. cute yeah, they, they tried um okay so a lot of my info i literally just pulled from imdb so i'm gonna read it as is for okay. the most part except for this one where um i have two people who were originally cast in the movie but then had a dropout for reasons okay. um lake bell was originally cast as judy hicks um but she was forced to drop out due to, quote, scheduling conflicts. And oh, we know what that means. Something happened, yeah. Also, um, and then six days later, Lauren Graham, who was originally cast as Kate Roberts, the aunt, had to drop out, also citing scheduling conflicts and script changes. Oh. Fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. I, I, how interesting would it have been for Lauren Graham, though, to be in this movie? Yeah, 
I don't. Is, is she, she old enough to be Sydney Prescott, like Nev Campbell's aunt? Ooh. I guess she could have been several years younger than her mother. She'll, she would be the young aunt. How about that? She could be the oopsie baby aunt. Yeah. Um, okay. So, where am I going? Uh, we talked about that. Oh, in early stages of writing the script, they planned to have Deputy Haas as one of the killers. Adam Brody's character. That's interesting. Right? Give Adam Brody more to do. So, I mean, they killed him. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, a de- in, in the deleted scenes, Dewey explains to Gail that Neil Prescott has passed away since appearing in Scream 3, and this is the first time Sydney has returned to Woodsboro since his death. So, huh. R.I.P. Right. Neil Prescott. Mm. R.I.P. Um, also... I don't have this written down, but I just want to talk to you guys for a minute. Do you remember the trailer of this movie, of Scream 4? No. There's one very specific scene that happens during uh, Gail's fight with um, Ghostface, where he has her pinned down, and she says, go ahead if you have the guts, and it looks like he kills her. Mmm. So, I know that there was a lot of speculation around that when the trailer came out. Hmm. Also, in the trailer, there was that famous shot from the first movie of them hanging out by the fountain. Yeah. Which was also cut. They reshot Amy Teagarden, which I think was Jenny. Yeah. They reshot her her death, and they also reshot Alison Bree's death. Oh. Oh. Which I think this is, which I love Alison Brie in this movie. I want her in more movies. You could be in anything. I love her in everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I love her in community, but like that's specifically R. I. that. R.I.P. Glow. Oh. Oh, oh, so sad. I'm glad I she know. made a feature. So good. I loved her in Mad Men so much. I haven't watched that, so I don't oh, know. Oh, incredible. Incredible. It's on my list. Yes. Please watch it. Um, yeah. And then I also found, as seen in the... So this is literally from IMDb. I'm going to read it as is. I don't know who wrote it, but if it's yours, email us. Uh, <laughs> as seen in the gag reel, there was an ongoing prank on set where somebody dressed in the ghost face mask would jump out and scare an actor or actress at the time when Ghostface wasn't scripted to appear. For example, in an actor, an actor or an actress would open a door expecting nobody to be behind it and instead somebody in a mask would jump out. In, the, in at least one instance, this prank was pulled on an actress during a scene where she was scripted to be chased by a killer, rounded a corner, and met an unscripted appearance by Ghostface. Ooh. I hope they got the re- that reaction. That yeah. would have been amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's the reaction you want. And then also on IMDb trivia, I'm, I'm not reading it because it's so long. They, <laughs> they point out who actually did the killings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like, for example, they, they said that uh, Jill did the first kills, the cold open ones, because Jenny 
slept with Trevor. That's why they broke up. Ah. So, like, there was a, and there's a lot of back and forth justifying who did it. But then there's also another trivia factoid to say Jill never did any of the kills. So it's like, okay, who do I believe? That's like, there's a, I didn't really go into it um, because there are so many YouTube videos that explain between Billy and Stu who did which kills in the first movie. Um, but like a good key that somebody pointed out is that Billy always uses one hand to stab and Stu always uses two hands to stab. Huh. I have to go back. Um, so, so that's one. That's one theory that people have. There's also like I've heard so many different explanations for the cold open kill in the first scream that it could have been Billy or Stu for various reasons. My personal theory is that it was both of them. <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> look obvious. this up, but I have a question for the universe and you guys too. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that did the voice. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I have his name. Roger Jackson. Yeah. yeah. I believe that's the same. Yes. You can kind of hear it in the first one and also in this one. Do you think that he planned, he changed his voice to show who he's playing? I, I mean, he might have. Because there are times in the first and Scream yeah. that I'm like, he's doing Matthew Lillard. Yeah. And then there are times in Scream 4. Ooh, ooh, excuse me. There are times before <laughs> where he's doing uh, the Culkin brother. Yeah. You can tell, but one I didn't of, know if one that... Of, was, one of many Culkins. One of many Culkins. But, like, I couldn't tell if that was on purpose or if that's just me also reading too much into it, like I like to do with these movies. No, I think you're right, because I hear that, too, and I hear it in uh, Scream 2 as well. It, I feel like you can definitely tell when it's Laurie Metcalf and when it's Timothy Oliphant. Jason, did you find anything of confirming or denying all this? I'm, I have not. I'm, look, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm actually legit looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if, if anyone can find it when this is aired... <laughs> Um, you know, we, we'll do plugs at the end, as we always do, but let us, let us know if that is true or not. And now I'm going to pass the special features ball on to Jason. You guys literally had every single thing that I had on my list. Oh, no! Well, I, well not every single thing. There, there are a couple, like, <laughs> little things that I, that I thought were interesting that, that, that I have. So I, I, I'm going <laughs> to say those. <laughs> those. Uh, you guys are so thorough. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, don't be sorry. Um, I, I tried to. I tried to be like, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I, I just kind of like uh, pick some random things. The, the the most interesting one I find interesting. This is very like Linda Blair in the in the um, uh-huh. in the Exorcist. Uh, but to keep uh, Drew Barrymore crying during her scene, he kept, uh, Wes Craven kept telling her stories about animal cruelty. <laughs> yeah. He gave credit to her in an interview because he said that she was okay. She agreed that she would be okay with him doing that. And that's... The therapist on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that he, he asked her permission to do that before they actually did it, which is like, again, that's a really a... great show of trust between a director and an actor. That's really awesome. nice of him. Yeah. To be and like, also, do you awful. trust me? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> can, I, can I do this? Yeah. Do I have your permission? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how awful the stories were. <gasps> I mean, she I know, sounds like, real sad. Right? She was bawling. Uh, 
The one tier, I loved it. I loved it. So good. Um, okay. The other random like production uh, tidbit that I love is that for Scream 4, they CGI the knife, which I find very interesting. Yes. How much work is that? I wonder yeah, if you do that. Um, I mean, if you were to do the retractable knife mm-hmm. in some instances, I don't think it would have worked as well. Yeah, you could okay. probably see it bounce uh, like, or something. Could you well, like the first one? I mean, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, the the first one also wasn't filmed in high def. Right. Like, and, if you and look I wonder, at the films, yeah, if you I, look at them. They're very the the film language is very different. Yeah, like the film, like the look of it, I should say, is very different. They they also right and part of the commentary of the remakes in the fourth one was that they get more violent and gory so I feel like they wanted closer images of the actual stabbings but that is like a lot of a lot of weird CGI work to have to put into a it's a lot of work it's like it's like redoing um someone's face who did who who had their face redone in like uh, (laughs) oh Tron. what? Tron, in Tron Legacy. Oh, I, I was thinking... Um, oh, in uh, the Justice League movie, they had to remove Henry Cavill's mustache. CG, oh, I know CGI. That. That's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. I know! Yeah. It looks fucking awful. But that Nicole- was only for certain scenes, though, right? Like for yeah. reshoots? Yeah. Okay. Nicole Kidman uh, has like, some weird some CGI done in her face for like a full film. Really? I can't remember which one. Weird. I remember someone talking about it, but but that's a lot. Of, it's a lot. Of, listen, take the money, but <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it. I think it looks good in Scream Four for what it's worth. I don't think yeah. it's obvious CGI. So, like, no, good for them. They tell. they they clearly gave their artists compensation and time, which a yeah. lot of movies do not yeah. do. Yeah. Which is yeah. why CGI looks bad most of the time. Is because yeah. the artists are good. They just don't have the time. Cats. I want um, the butthole cut. That's what I want. I know. Where's the butthole cut? I'm looking for it. I finally, I finally watched that horror of a film on HBO Max the other day. Finally. It's... I think I fell asleep after Buster for Jones. Buster for Jones. Oh, I think that might legitimately be my favorite scary movie. <laughs> it's, it's pretty rough. It's pretty no, rough. no, it's a it's it's a study of surrealism. Mm. It's not a horror film. It's a study in what the cocaine does to the human mind. Uh huh. Exactly. It's an acid trip. It's an acid trip. Oh, Is it? Do you have any more? By the way. Any more special little, features? Scream. Um, for scream. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't think they did this more in the in the in the franchise. But in Scream Four, Anthony Anderson's character uh, is named Anthony Perkins, which is a nod to um, Psycho. I think it's a nice little yeah. You have a psycho like death, but it's a nice little nod. Yeah. To, to Psycho, um, <clears throat> uh, Molly. They want Molly Ringwald to originally be Sydney Prescott. Shut up. Yeah. But she said she didn't want to play another teen, uh, another teen character. Yeah, I mean, she was, granted, she, she was twenty-seven at that point. Yeah, yeah. she was twenty-seven at the time and yeah. had been playing teenagers for a decade. The entire eighties. 
Yeah. All the- <laughs> 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 uh, that's all I got. Hmm. That's what I got. Yeah. So do you want to move right along to final thoughts then? Let's do final thoughts. Okay, so for those of you who are new to the podcast, once again, uh, what we do in final thoughts is we typically ask the same five questions, but sometimes we answer multiple questions in the same answer. So <laughs> it's, it's very off the cuff. <laughs> um, but our first question is always, can we think of other movies like this? Besides the other two in the franchise? And the TV series. And the TV series. Uh, I want to say Cabin in the Woods in a way. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because oh, of the meta-ness. Yeah. I, I want to throw out two movies that predate the original Scream. Um, the first one being Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Uh, yeah. Which is very referential because... Very, very referential. Correct. Yeah. And then it's just one line, but in um, Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Um, there is a line that one character has where she says, I've seen enough scary movies to know, she's looking at Jason Voorhees, uh, I've seen enough scary movies to know to run away from a guy like that or something to that extent. In a mask, something yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> I also want to throw out The Final Girls, not the one with Abigail Breslin, the one with Taja Fromija from the- um, Oh, Taisa Formiga? That, that's how you say your name, good. <laughs> I've never known how to say her name. Thank you. I, 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 I can't say names. So I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's how she I mean, I know it's Vermiga. I'm pretty sure it's Tysa. Tysa Vermiga. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um and Malin Ackerman is also in it. Yeah. Okay. Um that one is that one is more Friday the thirteenth inspired because they go to a camp. Yeah. But yeah. like they are referencing hardcore movies yeah so and 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 they're stuck in a slasher film right so it's very interesting unless we forget the scary movie franchise oh that's just god (laughs) i mean it's the franchise though i think the first yeah yeah and i mean that's kind of a cheat to even say that because it is directly a parody of screen which was a parody which it was very fascinating and then there's Shriek, if you know what you did last Friday, last Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, yeah. Did we like these movies? Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. Have you listened yes. to the podcast? We like these <laughs> movies. <laughs> uh, question, the next question, would we watch them again? Always and forever. In Alyssa fact, Edwards. In, absolutely. In fact, I've watched it twice in the past four hours. I, I was... I was really hard debating if I needed to rewatch them because they're so ingrained in my head. Yeah. That I was like, do I really need to watch them and take notes? <laughs> I did, but <laughs> but I was just like, I don't have to because I know everything that happens. Like, yeah. you guys can ask me anything about Scream and I'll be like, that's this scene. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been able to recite most of the original Scream script since I was 10 years old. I mean, I watch. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I'm never gonna not watch these movies. Yeah. And 
would we recommend them? Until yes. the earth stops. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who, I don't trust people who say they don't like the original Scream. Is this making sense? <laughs> it, doesn't, so, you know it doesn't make sense. You know what? I'm going to, I should, I should use that uh, in my barometer of making new friends yeah. or whatever. Finally, would we say these are actually the same movie? No. I'm, I'm going back and forth between yes and no. I'm going to say maybe. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to say yes, but with a purpose. I think I think that four continues on the theme of, of what one was 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 trying to do, mm-hmm. but it does it so differently. Mm-hmm. I, I can't call the same because yeah, it's also it's also commenting. It's still commentating, commentating, commenting on our current times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that twenty eleven's current times. Yes, yes, yes. That's why I would say they are the same movie because. Similar to when we did our episode on Josie and the Pussycats and Gem and the Holograms, where it's the same movie, but it's been updated for the time that it's been made. Okay. All right. But I want to say, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards no, because I feel like it's, it goes as like the next chapter. You know, you know what I mean? I'm going to stay, I'm going to stick with my maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll change mine to a soft yes. <laughs> yeah, we do, Jason. We do that. We do. We do like us. We do hard and soft yes no's, and clearly now I may be. <laughs> so if you want to, if you want to change it to a soft no, you're more than welcome to. But <laughs> or I mean, if you say no, you say no. You say no. We're not telling you to change your mind. Yeah, there's no correct answer. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think we can certainly agree that if you like one, you'll probably like the other one, right? Yes, 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, great. <laughs> and if you uh, want to yeah. argue, if you want to argue us on it, right. you can tweet me at Movies John. You can tweet me at Cookie O Shady. And Jason, do you have anything you want to plug, promote, whatever? Uh, you can always find me at Jason Elker on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, well, I, will, I was going to say at Instagram.com, but that's not going to work. <laughs> no, that's not needed. That's not going to work at all. Um, <laughs> well, we need to, we, this was fun. We need to get you back. Yeah, on. this was a lot of fun. We're going to keep watching movies. Oh, of course. We're going to watch movies until the entire earth explodes, which <laughs> is hopefully far off. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, if you want to contact us as a podcast, uh, we can be emailed um, at movie deja vu pod at gmail. That's M O V I E D E J A V U P O D at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at movie deja vu pod or on Twitter at movie deja vu. No, no pod, because that was the original. Uh, additional killer in the movie. <laughs> uh, we yeah. had it. We caught it due to script changes. There, there were rewrites. There were rewrites. Uh, um, and if you guys have any suggestions on a movie, yeah, on a movies that we should do, let us know. We like doing them. Clearly, we've done a few already. Yeah. So, and then next week, if you want to join in on the conversation with us, we're doing another melee episode, which is three movies. We're doing hmm. Hardcore Henry versus Upgrade versus Bloodshot. Oh, boy. Have you seen any of those, Jason? Not one. 
Oh, well, boy. maybe you'll watch it and listen to the episode. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll take a look-see. Maybe I'll take a look-see. <laughs> <laughs> so we're terrible at signing off on, on podcasts because no one's good at it. So well, let's just say bye. <laughs> <All right. laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>